Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Roaring D20s podcast. I am your slightly less formal Dungeon Master, Scott, and today we have our normal band of misfits here. I'll let them introduce themselves one by one, starting with Caitlin. Hello, everyone. I am Caitlin McKaig, the tiefling who is ready to have some honeymead. Hell yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Moving on to Josh. Hey, Josh here, uh, character Zuther, and uh, we're about to get hammered. By maybe some people. <laughs> but only before terrible, and after the festival, not during. Right, right. All right, moving it along with Jesse. Hey everybody, this is Jesse. I'm playing Bartholomew Sinclair, and um, I can't wait for uh, Caitlin to lose that bet. God damn it, I forgot about the bet. <laughs> All right, next up is Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. <coughs> <laughs> wow. Hi, I'm Chris, and I'm uh, playing Marcus Wayland, and he's going to make sure this job gets done, <laughs> whether these guys do or not. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and last but not least is Jacob. Hi, I'm Jacob. I'm playing Gork the Barbarian, and I got my patch early because I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> when last our adventurers met, they had just entered the town of Gil with their mercenary friend Barnum. They were there to act as guards for the Kamani Mead Festival, run by Alzin Dervish, owner and proprietor of the Kamani Meadery. They made their way into the town, got their bearings, went to the Mead factory, and met their employer as well as some of the other guards. They are now on their way to their bunks with a day to spare before the festival starts. That being said, we're going to start off today's episode in the bunks. You have just chosen what beds you are going to be sleeping on for the next several days. I know several of you had asked for top bunks, and uh, several of you may not have the sleeping arrangements that you wished for. Uh, there are a few others in the room right now. One of them would be Aeson, the loud individual who had uh, asked very rudely whether or not the free mead was coming sooner rather than later. Uh, and a, a shorter elven individual who appears to be very quiet, uh, long white hair covering his eyes. You don't know much about him as of now. Let's get started. Oh, God, it feels good to lay down. I was getting very uncomfortable on that cart on the way here, and God, I just want to put my feet up for a bit. Do you guys smell something? <laughs> the cart hit the other cart. I forgot about that. Great driving. Echoing in the distance. My cabbages. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about, guys. I, I really don't. Uh-huh. I mean, there mis <laughs> there, there's kind of a musty smell over here. What? Is that Caitlin's feet? Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> oh. Bartholomew, do you want to take this outside? Well, I mean, I mean you can take your feet outside because, oh, my goodness. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is my perfect rose tonic. This is what helps me smell good. Good, good. It's not musty. You know, it's floral. Good thing my top bunk's over there and yours is over there. <sighs> now, friends, <laughs> make a perception check. <laughs> First roll of the day. All right. Um, that is a 16. A 16. You go ahead and take out the, uh, what did you call it? The rose scented something? It's a rose tonic. A rose tonic. You take a look at it. Now, the bottle looks the same as it always has, but as you open it and sort of waft the smell into your nose, they're right. Something is wrong. It doesn't smell the way it's supposed to. Oh, I just got this bottle before we left from my favorite florist, my mother, and of course, 
It's already going bad. <sighs> Is that unusual? Yeah, it usually lasts for a lot longer. I can get one of these bottles to last me for months on the road. So why would that happen? I don't know. Maybe something in the air? Where were you storing That's it? In my bag, like I always do. Make mm. an insight check, Caitlin. 17. 17. You and your party have traveled to some very, let's call them odd places over the past several weeks. Uh, your encounter with Galthok, the, uh, the half-orc mercenary, was in a strange land to you, and there were magics uh, flying around the air that were unfamiliar to most of the party. It seems to you that if anything were to have caused your tonic to go bad, then it could only have been two possibilities. It was either the magic in the air, or someone in your party is messing with you. And you're not sure which is correct at this point. Hmm. Well, I mean, usually these roses last so much longer. But now that I'm around you folk, who knows what could have happened to this? Whoa, Between whoa, all whoa. the magic that you guys are shooting back and forth? Or is one of you messing with my rose tonic? <laughs> hey, I'm just sitting here as I hold my wand. <laughs> you're pointing the fingers around and you should be pointing that finger back at yourself. It's my rose tonic. I know what it should smell like. Now, friends, this is going to be a very long mission if we start arguing now. A full day before we begin. You hear a slight chuckle from the corner, and you notice that the elven figure is uh, smiling to himself as he listens to this banter. Hey, pretty boy, you got something to say? Do you, did you mess with my rose water? Because it right now just smells like mud root, okay? And I don't appreciate it. He looks up at you, and you can see that he has piercing green eyes that seem to gaze directly into your soul. And as he does so, the smile widens, and he says, I would never dream of it. Uh, of course not. <laughs> Sorry for me to say anything. I turn away and just mope into my rose water. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I smile at him, and, and I, uh, Micah says, uh, Well, met friend, um, are you one of the other fellow guards here? What's your name? I am. My name is Lathai, and yours? I'm Marcus. Marcus Whalen. A pleasure, Marcus. You won't see me at the festival. I find it more prudent to stay out of sight. And you notice that uh, leaning against his bunk is a, a very well-crafted longbow. Ah, yes, I understand. And at that he says, Do try and enjoy Gil while you're here. He stands up, and with a, a little bow, he walks out of the room, meaning it's actually just your party now. Did Aeson leave as well, then? He did. Um, you didn't really notice over the racket that Caitlin was causing, but he's not in the room anymore. <laughs> this is an important racket! Yes, it was only Caitlin. It definitely wasn't any of the rest of us. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Why yeah, would you suggest I, I such a thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I actually trust him. He seems very um, <clears throat> too uptight too proper I don't trust people like that did you see who hired us to be here yes Do I don't trust, trust people him? like that oh, okay. Marcus take inspiration for that <laughs> <laughs> people of their how should we say caliber seem to have other motives besides what they portray to the public and so um, I don't particularly like to place too much trust but their coin is just as good. Uther, do you just have a disposition against uh, 
people of wealth slash nobility. Perhaps people that have more bread than you. Yes. <laughs> people who don't know how to make their own bread just. They don't really uh, jive well jive well with me. But Uther, what if they have similar tastes as you? Well, I mean, they they can have the same taste. That that's not a problem. However, the, those who actually can craft the the bread rather than just pay for it generally are more trustworthy. Caitlin kind of shrivels up in her spot, kind of staying a little quiet because she for sure does not know how to make bread. <laughs> now, are we talking about bread or is this figurative? Two sides of the same coin. <laughs> wait, wait, no, no. Two sides Whoa. of the same bread a uh, bread slice. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Hello, so are they yes. both buttered? It is I, your confused dungeon master. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> We're Rich having people. a talk about socioeconomics in terms of bread. Are we talking about actual bread or are we talking about that's, rich people? <laughs> that's what I that's what Marcus was wondering. That's why Caitlin's not talking a lot because she comes from a rich family. <laughs> oh. Marcus kind of like throws up his hand and is just like, kind of like he doesn't know what to say to that. And he kind of well, diverts and just like. What, what I'm saying is that rich people tend to, you know, have ulterior motives and uh, generally will do whatever is beneficial for them rather than beneficial for uh, others that are with them or employed for them. I do have to argue with that. I mean, I stuck up for you guys in our last encounter. I could have turned tail and run. Yes, but you actually are out here doing the work. What I'm saying is the people who sit behind and just have other people do the work for them can be a little mm, stale. <laughs> stale. Got it. Oh, right. Right. So many bread puns. All right, Uther, take inspiration. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he worked hard for that one. Marcus will kind of like apparently nod. unlike rich people. <laughs> All right. So one apparently mild existential crisis later, um, we've learned that Uther has trust issues. That being said, your party has a full day to explore the town of Gil or the Meadery before the festival begins. What would you like to do? Hmm. Who'd like to go um, look around the Meadery with me just to uh, I immediately the stand up. <laughs> I immediately stand up. <laughs> Wonderful. Maybe we'll have time to uh, peruse around the town before we uh, uh, before the night's end. Yeah, I very much like that. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing a little shopping maybe to find a replacement for my lovely tonic and uh, maybe do a little shopping since all of you seem to have such a great experience in our last town. <laughs> oh, yes, the shopping Miles episode. Yeah. Mild panic as you remember Gork dragging a door across the floor <laughs> as he returns. <laughs> uh, Caitlin, I was expecting to, to, to look at the town as well, see what kind of lives these folks are having while while they investigate. Mind if I join you? Yeah, let's go, Bartholomew. All right, Gork, where are you going? Gork is going to the bar to drink and have a glorious times and also the post office. Very well. The uh, post office. <laughs> now just remember, I want you to have one drink less than you think you're going to have. Gork is not sure how to count lower than many. <laughs> <laughs> many minus one. Gork. Is that not still many? <laughs> Make an intelligence check. Uh, we're going to put that as solid three. 
Solid three. <laughs> that is an excellent intelligence check, Gork. You begin to have a conversation with yourself. Uh, inside your head, you're wondering, what is many minus one? Gork. And in that Gork. case, you will be playing the part of Gork, and I will be your subconscious. Gork. Gork. Many. How much is many? Many is as many as Gork can have. How many can Gork have? Many. Many. <laughs> many is. And at this point, you watch as Gork begins to hold up his hands and start ticking off fingers, apparently at random. Uh, and the number that comes to your head, Gork, is 17. That is more than fingers. Toes. <laughs> you're not entirely sure what 17 means, but you're sure that you heard it in your father's house once upon a time. It sounds like a very commanding number. <laughs> Gork will have 18. Now remember, says your subconscious, it was many minus one. So I tell them, Gork tells them he will have 18 so that he can have 17 because 17 is good number. <laughs> good math, Gork. Take inspiration. <laughs> I can't wait for it to be like a recurring theme where I play Gork subconscious. <laughs> I want that. Oh, it's happening. Lord, it. Lord knows I have no bonus on my intelligence rolls, so oh. it's only ever going to be bad. And that's why it's so excellent. <laughs> and then Marcus is like standing in front of Gork, looking up to him, and looks at the others and is like, is he okay? Um, I don't know. We've seen a lot out of Gork these past few days. So it's not really surprising to me at this point. Gork turns over and says, small Marcus, man. Gork will have many minus one. And he holds up all ten, he holds up all ten fingers and starts wiggling his boot at you. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll pick you up later. So is this the next day yet, or are we still kind of discussing what we're planning on doing before we go it's to bed? Still, it's still the same day, so once you uh, turn in for the evening, should you wish to drink tonight, that's perfectly fine. Uh, whether you go to the meadery or the town tomorrow is up to the way that you've decided to split your characters, but that will be happening on the morrow. Gotcha. Okay, is there anything else that you wanted to do this evening? I don't believe so. Okay. Um, were you going to drink this evening? I'll go with Cork. Ah, 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 to the bar, to the bar, ah. <laughs> So the bar itself, uh, you actually have a few options, but realistically, the most fiscally responsible choice is going to be the very small bar that's attached to the meadery itself. Uh, it does only serve Kamani brews, their honeymead being the most famous, uh, and as guards, it is all free to you. Sweet. Alternatively, you have the option to go and find a local bar in the town proper. Gork understands free insofar as Gork does not understand money. Insofar? That was that was very mature of you, Gork. I'm a little afraid. <laughs> is Gork raging Gork. and nobody told me? Gork accidentally <laughs> ate thesaurus. Thesaurus is another big word. It was on the book. Gork understands letters. He thought, it, he thought it was a dinosaur. <laughs> Spiky like, tail in book. <laughs> book tell Gork of Thesaurus Rex. <laughs> well, Gork, I agree. Uh, free is free, my friend. Let's go have a free drink. As we go over. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone else want to join us? Um, well, if you two are going to be out, I actually think I'm going just to just take a walk around the town. 
Uh, I, I can't say no to watching what's probably going to happen when Gork drinks too many beers. Gork needs in this case. <laughs> I lean into Bartholomew and whisper, it's going to be a magical experience. Oh, I'm sure it will, especially <laughs> after I egg him on a little bit. Oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Caitlin, Gork make an insight check. Tiny whispers. Nat 20. Nat 20. <laughs> You suddenly recall that you remember Bartholomew is extremely good at egging people on, and you remember your ill-placed bet. Shit. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm going to have internal monologue. Internal monologue, Caitlin's like, maybe. Since he's going to egg on Gork, I could make an opposing bet that could outwit Bartholomew, and then we could be even, because I'm probably going to lose the other bet. Yeah, good job, Caitlin. <laughs> Do, do I see any, like, sign of this internal monologue going on in Caitlin's head? <laughs> Make a perception check. Uh, 14. 14. She goes quiet, which is a bit uncharacteristic for Caitlin, <coughs> but you can't really tell what's going on in her head. Um, the only thing that you seem to notice is that uh, Pidge appears to be very unhappy with whatever's happening. You think that maybe the cogs that are working in Caitlin's brain have uh, overheated her horns, which would make Pidge very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I just imagined my horn steaming. That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> when you're angry or thinking too hard. <laughs> Makes a little maybe train Zazu sound. Sense. Which is why don't <laughs> ever put the birds on Gork's head. They'll be roasted. <laughs> Gork is running at optimal temperatures. <laughs> Gork is trying to run The Witcher 3 on a GTX 8 or a 770. Gork is ale cooled. <laughs> Gork forgot to install the CPU cooler. Gork wow, that's up to date. That is enough <laughs> terrible computer jokes to last a lifetime. Um, that being said, so we will first actually go to Makis as you make your way around the town. So the town centers around the Kamani Meadery. It's a large building, walled off, as I described before. Uh, mm -hmm. There are entrances that are usually guarded by employees of the Meadery itself. And as I mentioned before, the citizens of Gil, while happy and apparently well-dressed, uh, don't quite meet the expectations of the fancy Kamani Meadery. The houses around Gil look to be rather run down. They're of a poorer sort. So what exactly is it you are looking for? Um, so the um, the reason Marcus wanted to kind of go into town rather than go to that bar, maybe wander towards the um, like local bar, because um, he wanted a, a less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, biased source. And he just wants to see if he can pick up any rumors like around the town, if anyone's like talking loudly, aggressively, angrily about anything, or... Uh, go to the bar and uh, just see if he can hear any rumors about anything that might have happened, might happen. Okay. Um, you make your way to a local watering hole. It's, it's... If the Kamani bar is three-star, this is definitely one-star. Uh, <laughs> definitely not the best by any means. The inside looks ratty. There are shells of some sort all over the floor, and the clientele are not exactly happy to see a newcomer. Uh, the place is actually called <laughs> the Rambling Cart, and you notice uh, <laughs> that in the corner, there is in fact a cart that has lost its left wheel, well preserved for some odd reason. You're not really sure what it means or what the history is there, but you're sure it's a fascinating story. Uh, as you walk in, there is a bar, there are a couple of stools in front of it, as well as a, a handful of tables that are sparsely occupied. So who exactly do you talk to? Um, well, I just want to look around and see who's there. Okay, would you like to order a drink? Yes. Okay. 
Uh, as you walk up to the bartender, he looks back at you and says, So what'll it be? Um, just give me one of your, um, most, uh, sold drinks, please. Kamani or otherwise? Um, what do you prefer? Kamani, of course. Yeah, well, then, yes, I'll take a Kamani. Okay. Sweet or sour? Mm, go for sour, please. Sour, excellent, coming right up. He goes behind, uh, behind the bar itself, and he pours out into a, a nice tall pint glass, uh, a dark amber liquid. When you take a sip, it's, it's good. It's really good. Ah, I can see why this is so lauded throughout the land. Absolutely, absolutely. Kamani is the best here. It's the best there is. Uh, personally, most people prefer the honey mead, but it's a good substitute. Ah, yes. I have strange tastes compared to most people. Oh, my apologies. Um, I didn't get your name, sir. Ah, it's Jorgen, and yours, good sir. Jorgen, I'm Marcus. Uh, nice to meet you. I'm here for uh, security for the festival tomorrow. Excellent! I'm happy to hear it, but the festival starts two days from now. Oh, yes. My apologies. Time is a little strange in my mind, I suppose. Ah, that's perfectly think. acceptable. I see this probably isn't your first, then. Mm, first, um... Drink. Oh, ha. <laughs> Today it is, I suppose. <laughs> Long day of travel, then. Yes, yes. We came in uh, from very far, very far around the Excellent. Capital. Excellent. Oh, Zephyr. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. That is a journey. It is indeed, but uh, apparently the uh, this festival is worth it. We did not want to miss it. Well, I'm glad you're here, and I hope that uh, you will guard us well. Yes. There are usually some, well, complications at the festival, but nothing that somebody like you can't handle. Oh, I'm sure. I'm glad to have found this little watering hole. Uh, as much as the bar attached to the actual metery is quite nice, I'd rather be with some of the local people and kind of, you know, taking the land. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, your drink will come to two silver pieces, and I'll uh, leave you be to take in the locals. <laughs> Very well. Just one question. Hmm? What's with a cart? <laughs> now that is a story. That is a story. Uh, my grandfather, he, he built this place when he first moved into Gil. This was when the metery was just starting. Uh, Dervish really hadn't made a name for himself quite yet. Um, when he left Zast, which is where he originally came from... He took all of his worldly possessions on that cart right there. Mm. This is where it broke down, so this is where he set up shop. <laughs> it's really <laughs> nothing more complicated than that. He's a practical man. Indeed, indeed. And here we are, two generations later. <laughs> very good, sir. It was a very nice chat. All right. Enjoy your drink. Thanks. Let me know if you need another. Oh, thank you. I'll remove two silver and uh, start looking around the, the bar area here. Most of the folks in here are not on their first drink. You can tell that immediately. There's one individual in a table in the corner who is passed out. Um, there's another two who are arm wrestling at a table further in. And there's a, a couple people on the bar next to you who are maybe three or four stools down, uh, tucking, talking in uh, hushed whispers. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna go down to uh, the the hushed whispers. The hushed whispers. So, are yeah. you trying to make your presence known or not? Uh, I'm gonna see I'm, where I'm from. Where I'm sitting, I'm gonna see if I can try to like tune into what they're saying before I sit down, and then I'll okay. go in there and sit down. Given the general noise level in the bar itself and how mm -hmm. hushed they're speaking, I'm gonna need you to give me a perception check at disadvantage. Sure. Okay. Ah, uh, just a six. A six? Yeah. You find that 
The noise level in this particular bar isn't what you would expect from a lively place. Uh, you're sure that the folks who are actually at the bar attached to the metery are having a, a much grander time, but these two like their secrecy, and you're really unable to pick up anything specific from their conversation. Well, nothing else to do but to join them. Okay. Go up there and uh, say, hello, might I uh, take a seat next to you two? The two of them look up, and you notice for the first time that they're actually both women. Oh. Um, something that you didn't couldn't really tell before, as their their clothes were very uh, neutral. There was no indication whatsoever. And as they look at you, there is an air of suspicion on both of their faces. And the one on the left pipes up and says, "Why?" Well, I'm new to town and um, going to be security for the, uh, the festival. Uh, I wanted to uh, see talk, talk to the locals and um, just. Taking the town, and everyone else here seems a bit. Looks to the guy passed out in the arm wrestlers, preoccupied. She looks at you a little bit more closely and says, "From out of town, then." Yes, yes. Just came from Zephyr. Well, unfortunately, if you're looking for locals, you're in the wrong place. We're not from around here either. Oh, well, still all the same. May I sit? Where are you from? They look at one another skeptically. And you can sense that a lot is being said that you probably just can't hear. They have he a communication like, style. Kind of like stops, and perhaps I could buy you both a drink. The one on the right looks at you. In fact, make a persuasion check, please, Marcus. There's my persuasion. Okay. I'm going to use my point of inspiration because I can't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God, even worse. Oh no! I got a one, but Ooh. I got a, but it, I got a plus five, so it's a six. That's a natural one. That's a natural one. I'm sorry, my good <laughs> sir. That is an automatic critical failure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as you say, may I buy you a drink? You wave your hand out in a, in a friendly greeting, forgetting, of course, that your own mead was in your hand. And as it splashes down the shirt of the woman on the right, she stands up in anger and smacks you right across the cheek and says, you may not. Have a good night, sir. And the two of them walk out of the bar. Well, I deserve that. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Marcus... <laughs> Uh, you Good take job. one point of pride damage. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hurts extra deep. <laughs> right in the chest. Ooh. Right in the kidneys. As I recover, <laughs> can we switch to somebody else, please? We absolutely can. <laughs> <laughs> so as Mox... Uh, as, as Moxic... <laughs> I'm not sure who I was talking about there. As Moxic cries into what remains of his first drink, we'll shift over into the meter itself. Um, was anybody of the rest of the party not going to the actual bar there? Or was everybody joining? I think Uther, what were you going to do? Um, I'll join. Okay. So the four of you make your way over to the bar that's attached to the meadery, and you find a much livelier scene. It's clean, it's well organized, and the tables are lively. You can see that there are several employees of the meadery, as well as the rest of the guards for the event in two days, milling around, chatting with one another, having a drink or two. And just having a grand old time. As you approach, you see Barnum call out from you, Hello! Hello, friends! Welcome! Have you gotten the mead yet? Have you tried it? 
That's why we're here. Excellent, excellent. And he ushers you over to the bartender and says, My good man, give us four of the honey meads, please. These four are working as guards for the festival. You know how it goes. The bartender just kind of nods, rolls his eyes, get the impression that he's been dealing with shit like this all night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A moment later, four jars would be the best way to describe it. Uh, Rather than a bottle, rather than a glass, jars of mead slide down to each of you, and they're like a, a, a bright orange color. Hmm. That looks lovely. Looks very good. Bartender kind of nods at you and then moves over to, to help somebody else. Barnum raises his own, his own glass and says, So, to the Mead Festival! To the Mead Festival! To the Mead Festival! festival. To the mead festival. He, he clinks his glass with the, the rest of yours and then finishes his drink in one gulp. Uh, he has probably had a few at this point. You can see the flush rising in his cheeks. A clear sign of a human being drunk. So I'm going to sip it and kind of savor the flavor. It is wonderful. For somebody who has such an appreciation for the finer things in life like you, Uther, you recognize quality when you taste it. It is a flavor that you never thought you'd find in alcohol. And in fact, you can hardly tell that it's alcoholic. It honestly tastes like a, a more liquid consistency of honey itself. It slides down your throat smoothly, and you can feel that any dirt and grime for the from the road for the past days that you've been traveling just slides away, and you feel like you can speak better than you've been able to in maybe weeks, maybe months, maybe your entire life. It's wonderful. Mm. <clears throat> wow, that's um, that is very smooth. I don't know how they could actually make mead of this quality. That's amazing. Can I roll to see what kind of yeast they used? <laughs> Make a history check. <laughs> Since I'm all about bread. All about the bread. About the bread. Woo, I don't think so. Uh, nine plus my history. So that's going to be um, 13. A 13. Unfortunately, a 13 is not really enough to discern it just based on the flavor that you tasted for the mead. Now we're going to have a quick moment where we go inside the head of the DM. The DM's like, oh, thank Christ he didn't get it. I know nothing about the types of yeast that they use. (laughs) (laughs) Furiously Googling in the background. I can't. Like, if I do that, I'm going to start moving away from my microphone again. (laughs) Who knows what's going to happen at that point? Down the hatch we go. Uh, so that's something I'll have to look into <laughs> at some point if we're going to be, uh, if I'm going to continue getting questions about yeast. Get nice and technical. Oh, absolutely. I'm already <laughs> terrified of the types of questions that you're going to ask me about the brewing of mead. <laughs> Feel free to include all of that in the episode. That's totally happening. <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> that being said, unfortunately, Uther, that was not quite enough to get the answers you were searching for. Damn. <laughs> well, in this case, I'm just going to slowly savor the the mead and not just like pound it back like everyone else. Okay. Okay. Um, go ahead and give me a perception check. Actually, would work. Okay. I got sixteen. Sixteen. As you sip your mead, you look around the room to see the other guests that are here partaking in this brew. You can see the other guards that you've met, Lathai being one of them, drinking in a corner, looking at everything and apparently nothing at the same time. You can see Barnum having a chat with several of the employees, telling a story that appears to get a rousing cheer from them. You can see Aeson in another corner, lifting tables. You're not really sure what that's all about, and you're not sure you want to find out. Might be something to ping Gork about later. And before you know it, 
Your drink's gone. Wow, how how did that happen? <clears throat> Gork, did you drink his 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 mead? <laughs> Gork is looking at his own his own glass and like furiously waggling it in the air while still holding it at the bartender's like ah drink beer beat ale mead. <laughs> <laughs> the bartender gives you a curious look as though he has absolutely no fucking idea what you just said. <laughs> just I'm going to ask the bartender, can we, can we have two more, please? Let me make this clear, Gork. Is your glass empty? Oh, yes. Okay, that's something that I can deal with, says the bartender, apparently. <laughs> uh, he goes back and comes back with... He goes back and... Oh, Scott, you're good with words. Goes back, comes back, goes back, comes back, goes back. He goes behind the bar and comes back with two more jars of the honeymead. And he places I, them on the table and pushes them towards you. Instantly grab it and drink it again. Both of them or just one of them? I'll take one for now. Gork is holding his manners Ooh, to begin with. Gork is being restrained. Gork is ready for the long haul. Absolutely. <laughs> Gork, I'm pretty sure he got both of those for you. Make a deception <laughs> Oh my god. I'm going to help I'm Jesse. like looking at you right. like, are you serious? Bartholomew. I'm going to help Bartholomew and push the glass away from Josh and be like, yeah, this is 100% you, Gork. All right. Bartholomew, make a make a deception check at advantage. Okay. <laughs> that's great. That's god, you guys. An 18. Gork, what's your passive insight? God. Oh, uh, yeah, that's going to make a nine. A nine. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. You're absolutely certain. What a good friend Uther has been to get you two meads at the same time. <laughs> Big toothy grin at Uther as I grab his drink and take it right all the way down. Just, ah. Excellent. I turn around, I just flip. I do a low high five to Bartholomew. <laughs> I reciprocate. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I flip you two off. <laughs> do you Uther, reciprocate? Um, I do with double. <laughs> to match Stop my horns. You got two oh, it's, horns. It's right very at interesting. You, buddy. She's flipping four birds at you. Ha. <laughs> my wow. birds are ha. also flipping you off. It's weird how they're able to do that, but you know it happens. <laughs> they're um, very trained, well, good birds. That being said, Gork, I mm. actually need you to make another intelligence check for me. You know, we all know how this is going, right? And I'm so excited for it. <laughs> you sure? Uh, you know, it's going to be. An, it's actually an eleven. An so, eleven. An eleven. You start so. thinking as you pound down that second drink, and you're like, "Okay, Third. I." Well, the second in this round. Okay. Um, you say, "Okay, I had one before, and I had two now, which means I've had five drinks. <laughs> so if my limit was seventeen, I can have twenty more drinks." This is an accurate statement. Gork is great at math. <laughs> I think back to my to my elementary school teacher. We'll call her Miss P. And Miss P is sitting there trying to help me count out between the numbers. And then it just sort of like fast forwards to me getting thrown out the window. But they're just like yelling and inter indeterminate noises. Like, yes, I am the best at math. <laughs> If you'd excuse me for a moment, folks, I'm just writing down Miss P, Gork's elementary school teacher. She's coming back. Got it. She's in deep lore oh, now. She's part of the oh, lore, you know folks. It. Oh, boy, I know it. Okay. So, so Uther, Gork, that's what goes through your head. Uther, yes. you know, the, the, the mead here is free. Just, just play along a little bit. <laughs> 
Sure. Let, let's uh, let's get the um, our buddy here insanely drunk. That that's the smart move. Oh yeah, then we can have him compete against Aeson lifting tables over there. It's a it's a we, it's a great idea, right? We could make some quick cash with our buddy here. Oh, I, I'm not even in it for the money at this point. <laughs> well, I mean entertainment, but why not get paid while getting entertained? Fair enough. <laughs> We're um, such assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just looking at you two like. Wow, this 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 is gonna happen whether I want to or not. Marcus so. leaves for five minutes. <laughs> so like, the what five the hell? Most important. What the our, res- our responsible dad left. Marcus, I'd like <laughs> to remind like, you that it was you who said we should switch over to somebody else. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, who's doing what? All right, I'm gonna order another drink, and I'm going to go over to Pretty Boy in the corner. Lafai. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. As you uh, sit down, he nods towards you. Hey, friend. Yeah. Sorry, I was a little bit more rude back at the bunks. I just, uh, I don't like when my odors are called into question. So I was a little on edge. As you can, so I apologize. As he continues to scan the room, he says to you in a mildly mocking tone, "Well, of course, I understand. I would." hate it if my own rose scent were to suddenly go bad. Do do you use rose scent too? Oh, of course. <gasps> where do you get yours from? I get it from my mother's shop in Heliconia. Do you know the, the white lily? He looks at you and he gives you the strangest look. Give me an insight check. Okay. Uh, that's a 13. You get the impression he's wondering if you're bullshitting him. <laughs> uh, Heliconia? Yeah. yeah, that's where I'm from. He goes into his bag and he pulls out an identical bottle to the one that <gasps> you were using. <laughs> oh my gosh, you went to my mother's shop? I, oh, that, that makes me so happy. He's dumbstruck. He doesn't know what to say at this point. And as he looks at you, he says, I must apologize. I admit freely I took you for a fool. Al- uh, uh, <laughs> Allow me to make it up to you. And he sets the bottle on the table and pushes it towards you. Oh, you are a saint of an elf. Thank you so much. I was so sad because like, it's just a scent that reminds me of home too. Cause my mother wore it all the time and she always gave me a bottle. So it's just, it's very sentimental. So thank you. I really appreciate it. He smiles warmly, and you notice that the warmth doesn't quite reach his eyes. And he says Mm. to you, you are quite welcome. And I promise I have no ulterior motive, as your friend seems to think. Well, I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I know we're, honestly, we've been a little on edge. We've, our last mission, we were... Somewhat, I, I wouldn't call it double-crossed, but someone that we were a little hesitant on already did end up kind of stabbing us in the back a little bit. So you'll have to excuse us. We're a little on edge still. Literally or figuratively? Kind of both. Depends who you asked, because some of our party members for sure got stabbed. Others, not so much. He nods at you. And you watch as his eyes begin to scan the rest of the room once more. 
and when they rest on you again, he's got that same glazed look in his eyes as though he's seeing everything and nothing at once. You get the impression your conversation is over. Mm -hmm. Well, again, thank you. Um, If you ever visit my mother's shop, just let her know that you met me, and uh, I'll make sure to write her a letter tonight to uh, give her your name and return the bottle and give you a free bottle when you uh, visit again. He nods and says, I appreciate it. Okay, and then I'll get up, give him a little salute, and then I walk over back to uh, Bartholomew and gang. So in the meantime, Bartholomew and gang, what have you been up to? Drinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gee, so I'm shocked. At this point, I, I asked the bartender for a total of uh, four meads. And, and I want to challenge Gork to a drinking competition between just the two of us. Gork okay. immediately takes it. Competition is glory, and glory oh, has yes, booze involved. Gork, Gork loves glory, <laughs> and, and, and I feel like today I am more glorious. As you order Gork the drink scoffs. from the bartender, he gives you this look, and you can see that throughout the night, his expression has gotten more pained as he doles out more and more <laughs> drinks, and the bar begins to smell worse and worse as the individuals have a little more than they probably should. And you watch as he gives a slight motion with his head, and you notice that there is, in fact, a tip jar sitting on the bar that is woefully empty. Oh, well, of course, my good sir. I'll I'll put a couple of gold pieces in there for him. (laughs) He smiles, and his eyes give you a look that's like a relieved thanks. As though the hell that he has gone through so far and the hell that he is sure to go through through the rest of the night, considering you're about to challenge a half-orc barbarian to a drinking contest, might actually have been worth it. (laughs) That being said, you now have four meads in front of you. Okay, so I I, I look at Gork and I say, okay, Gork, I'm... You know, I'm I'm a little bit smaller than you are, so we'll we'll, we'll make this uh, this first one um, a, a little bit easier. Um, but I have two meads, you have two meads. Now the first one to finish both of them wins. Glory. <laughs> Gork understands this concept. Gork has two hands and two drinks. Gork is ready. <laughs> All right. I show up now and I'm like, whoa, guys, have a drink competition? That's that's right, we are. Would you, would you right, care to join to us? Oh, Caitlin, definitely. Please join us. Like the, the three the three of us. And Uther, you should join in as well. Each of us, two beers. Or two meads, I'm sorry. So uh, four, four on four, one on one, everyone against each other situation? 1v1v1. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am in. Uther, you in? Um, sure. I- I'm in. Oh, all right. I was about to say, don't let this uh, little intimidating tiefling scare you out of drinking. At this point, we're going to take a quick pause. Marcus, somewhere over in the other bar, you get a a dark feeling in the pit of your stomach. (laughs) As though something terrible is about to happen. (laughs) He's kind of like swishing the the rest of his meat in the bottom of the cup and then his like eyes go like big. He's like, why do I feel so disappointed? (laughs) oh no we're disappointing dad you wonder for a moment 
whether the rest of your party will still be employed on the morrow. <laughs> now, before we get into what is sure to be a glorious drinking competition, is there anything else you would like to accomplish, Marcus? Um, yeah, so he is actually, like, swishing the, uh, the, the meat at the bottom of his cup, and he's kind of, like, thinking to himself, like, how could I let that happen? Like, that's not like me at all for that kind of thing to happen. <laughs> like, he's troubled about it a lot um and then he kind of snaps out of it and then he kind of looks at the barkeep uh what was the barkeep's name again jorgen jorgen and she kind of motions to jorgen uh jorgen could you um pass me a uh, a bar rag please i now he's he's literally like i made a mess over here i'd like to clean it up for you (laughs) jorgen looks at you and laughs a little bit and said tried your luck with those two did you Yes, uh, did not go well. Do you know so them? So I can see, so I can see. They've been here a few times over the past several nights. Never seen them before. They pay well, they tip well, I don't ask questions. That's very well. And you didn't overhear anything, perhaps uh, a gold piece might tell me? Yeah, uh, I appreciate the offer, but I tend to stay out of my uh, my customers' affairs. Not good for business. Very well. I'm just thinking of the uh, interest of the security, is all that's why I ask. And he walks over and starts cleaning up the drinks himself with a bar rag. Uh, Marcus kind of like, huh, yeah, this happened. Uh, and he still takes gold piece out and leaves it on the bar. He's like, well, thank you so much. I appreciate being here. I'll leave you to this. Now that he says, for that price, would you like another? Ah, no, I just, uh, the, the half of one was enough. <laughs> he chuckles appreciatively and pockets the gold piece. Cool. And Marcus uh, walks out. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's circle back. <laughs> let's circle back to the four-way drinking competition. Each of you is now seated around the table. Each of you has two meads in front of you. You can see that the crowd in the rest of the bar has become quite interested in this. You can see bets being placed, money changing hands, and in fact, several other drinks have been placed nearby as though to replace the ones that you have emptied. He watches somebody who... You are, none of you are familiar with at this point. One of the employees of the meter has walked up and says, Okay, first to finish the two drinks wins round one. Everybody ready? And he points at each of you in turn. Ready. ready. Oh! Let's do this. He says, on three. One, two, three. Now I need each of you, and the order I'm going to go is Caitlin, Josh, Jesse, and then Jacob. Each of you give me a dex check. Uh, 18. Ooh, nat 20. Also nat 20. Oh my god. (laughs) 17. 17. So with lightning quick reflexes, Bartholomew and Uther immediately down both of their drinks in a feat of uh, (laughs) probably alcohol poisoning that you had never seen before. Caitlin, you're a little slower because you're so in awe of what you've just seen in front of you. And Gork, you're last. This isn't glory. This isn't honor. (laughs) This is failure. And I need all four of you, all four of you to give me a con save. (laughs) You knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming. Thank God, because I have a zero to constitution. (laughs) Caitlin, what'd you get? Uh, I got a 17. Uther? 19, baby. Bartholomew? 17 as well. Gork? 21. Oh my god. Ooh! So far, so good. After two drinks each, 
Uther, Bartholomew, you are tied for fastest time in your drinks. You have been considered to have won a round of this drinking competition, and you can all feel the drinks beginning to hit you. But you can handle some more. With a roar of approval, you can see money changing hands once again. It seems Barnum is so far tonight's winner, having placed a sizable bet on Uther finishing his drinks first. <laughs> that being said, oh. more meads are placed in front of you. Three this time. Are you prepared Ooh. for round two? Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Regaining glory. Okay, okay. On three. One, two, three. Each of you make a dex check again. Caitlin? 16. Uther? 13. Bartholomew? 10. Fork? 18. Gork, with a roar of fury at losing the first round, you immediately take two drinks in one hand and one in the other and upturn all of them into your mouth. <laughs> Let's be real here. The majority of it got all over your chest, but you finish the glasses first, and as you slam them down on the table, two of them immediately shatter. Correct. Throwing glass shards everywhere, but you Accurate. don't care. You have won your glory. You have won round two and have shown these puny individuals what it means to go up against Gork. Gork. Oh, man. I'm going to put... Gork. I'm going to put a thing of gold in the tip jar for the broken glasses. <laughs> the Very bartender kind of looks upset. <laughs> Gork, that was, that was impressive. I, I wasn't even able to get through my first drink. Uh... Here, here's two victory drinks for you for winning that round. <laughs> God. Small amount of math in the head. Still under 20, which is less than five, which is better than the 17 I was planning on anyway. So good. I, I want everyone to know that as Marcus is like walking down the street alone when Bartholomew says that, he gets one of those anime moments where there's like this shot of lightning down his back where he's like, oh. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the proper response. All right. Do you take your victory drinks, Gork? Of course. Why would I not take my glory? <laughs> excellent. Excellent. With that being said, I need all four of our competitors to make another constitution saving throw. Gork, my friend, my glorious winner, you're at disadvantage. I got a 13. Okay. Uh, I still got an 18. Okay. 15. And Gork? 17 on the worst one. Wow. Good so far. So after round two, you're all feeling a bit woozy at this point. You're, you're getting the fact, you're, you're, the alcohol is hitting you, I should say. Gork? Not so much as you would expect it. You know that you haven't had nearly as many drinks as you could have. The rest of you are beginning to feel it. None so much as Caitlyn. You're preparing for round three, a little bit of anger coming into your eyes that you could have lost both rounds back to back, and you don't really realize how much you're swaying until Zazu poops on your shoulder. Oh, it's fucking fucking bird! You should go use the bathroom outside. Jesus Christ. You see Zazu kind of flapping in terror as your horns are flying all over the place with your swaying. You know, Zazu, we can fix this real quick. I get a little bit of the rose tonic and I put it on the bird poop. Ah, see, it smells so much better. Surprisingly, it does. <laughs> it's a lot better. If it's stupid, but if it works, is it stupid? <laughs> Finally. Zazu, take it outside next time. You think you hear Zazu say, yes, master, 
And you're what sure you're imagining things. Oh, <laughs> uh, what the fuck is in this mead? And as you prepare for round three, a few of the onlookers begin, begin placing more jars of mead in front of you. When finally Barnum says, no, 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 we need to up the ante at this point. We need to up it. Oh, God. They take those <laughs> off of the table and you watch as somebody brings you a very large glass at this point. It, uh... As far as sizing is concerned, unfortunately, Duff this boot. is the... <laughs> sure, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> they they put a dust boot of mead in front of you. It's easily oh. the size of four of those normal glasses. Maybe more. Uh. Gork is excited. Gork is uh, I'm going to turn around to the crowd who's been betting. I'm going to need 10% up front for winning. <laughs> Uh, the crowd roars with laughter at that, noticing that Gork has clearly pulled ahead in this competition. <laughs> that being said, we prepare for round three. The same individual counts down and says, three, two, one, drink. Dex checks. Oh, God. Oh, shit. I got an eight. Okay. I'm fucking losing constantly. I got a ten. By following me. I don't drink. Gork. That's sweet 17, baby. Gork, you take your boot of meat and you down it in one gulp. Ah! There is no way that these puny individuals are going to defeat you in a drinking competition of all things. Correct. As he f- is finishing his drink, I slide my drink in front of him. Gork does more math head in head. These are each one glass. That counts for one drink. This is great. <laughs> Gork, make an intelligence check. That's my favorite line in this campaign. <laughs> I'm going to be on a shirt. not lying. I got a nat 20. <laughs> oh, my God. Briefly, Bill Bixby Jr. takes over. Bill Bixby. Well, either, either, Gork, I'm telling you. I've got each of these beer, or each of these glasses is much bigger than one of the glasses we were drinking at before. I'm thinking it's like a four, a four drinker right there. Which means that in total... You've had 12 drinks already. Gork thinks to himself, and to himself being Bill, and goes, wait. Gork understands this is still greater than 20, but less than 5, but less than 17. We are still in the clear. <laughs> Bill seems to agree with you. <laughs> well, gee, I never thought about it that way. That's great. We'll have you, we'll have you keep on that there. Good. We'll go with it. Win it. B- Bill's yeah. drunk, too. <laughs> Bill's drunk, too. <laughs> In the meantime, Caitlin, I need you to make a con save at disadvantage, please. Oh, no. Oh, oh it's a five. A five. So you watch as uh, at the beginning of round three, Caitlin fumbled her drink a little bit and managed to splash it all over to, uh, all over the table. Uh, at, and my favorite shirt. And your favorite shirt. And in fact, your <laughs> rose scent is completely covered up. by It's a honey smell, so it's not bad per se, but it's certainly not what you were hoping to smell like this evening when your scents are being called into question. <laughs> and as you think about that, you look over at Lefai, you look at the onlookers, uh, you look at everybody who's drinking, you think, huh, I wonder if I've had to... And then your head hits the table. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin's unconscious. Josh or Uther. Oh, boy. Con save at disadvantage. Holy shit. Okay, with disadvantage? Aw, damn it. (laughs) It's the look on his face. It's the look on me. He missed a 20. (laughs) Well, my first roll was a 19. 
My but... second roll was a nine. <laughs> so, ten. Damn <laughs> the rules. Ten. As you down round four, you're feeling good. You're feeling excellent. You're feeling hungry. <laughs> oh, it's too accurate. Bring Where's out the, the baguettes! <laughs> you shout towards the bartender, towards everyone surrounding, and as you stand up, you realize that, oh, it's been hours since I've had something to eat. And I've just downed nine glasses of mead. Uh-oh. And as the bartender hurries in the back to try and find some food, you stumble over to the bar, and before you make it, you hit the ground. Uther is unconscious. <laughs> How's Marcus feeling right now? Marcus has an increasing sense of dread as he continues walking <laughs> towards the metery. You don't know one. why, but his sixth sense is, uh, his spidey sense is tingling right now. A tingling. <laughs> At I this point. just as bad as when we fought that half-orc. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bartholomew, what's the plan? It's just you and Gork. <laughs> didn't expect to be here, huh, buddy? I didn't expect to uh, him to still be as conscious as I thought he would be. I, I, honestly, at this point, I think Bartholomew would would concede. Okay, Gork. It seems you're the winner. Give Gork a table. It's time to lift. <laughs> no, I'm unconscious. I can't witness this. <laughs> Gork, as you prepare to lift the table in glory, a hand slams down on it. And you look up and you see Aeson looking at you and saying, I think he's a dirty cheater. In I'll round three, you. more of the drink went on him than went in him. Gork gives his most intimidating glare. He returns it. Make an intimidation check. Contested roll. 18. Nat 20. Ooh. Yikes. The look he give you is one of pure fury, pure hatred, pure drunken stupor. And as he looks at you, he says, there's only one way to settle this. And he slams his elbow into the table and prepares to arm wrestle. <laughs> Gork is ready. Gork is ready. As you grab his arm in a very Predator-esque moment, both sizing each other up, there's a grin among the table. And uh, Aeson looks towards you, Bartholomew, and says, call it. Oh, my pleasure. <clears throat> On the count of three. One, two, three. Make an athletics check. <laughs> also God, make an so athletics sick. check. <laughs> All right, we're looking at a 18. 18. Didn't expect this. You tied exactly. Oh. <laughs> right out so the gate. It's just like. As you Aah. watch, Gork, you give a low <laughs> snarl and you begin pushing against Aeson's hand with all of your might. And he's matching you muscle for muscle. You can see there's a strain. You can see the, the veins bulging in his head as he pushes against your arm to no avail. Give me another check, please. I just want to make sure. You, I, I said three. That means you can go now. Eighteen again. You watch as Gork's hand begins to get pushed closer and closer to the table. And Aeson's grin gets fiercer and wider. Go again. Nineteen. 
Ooh, this time, Gork, you push back with the pressure of the gods, and you force his hand back towards the table. You've got him about halfway there. See if you can make the final push. Give me another 16. <laughs> 16 versus 16. You're exactly tied again. <laughs> As you begin struggling, you try to push Aeson's hand closer to the table, and you can see the muscles bulging in his arms, and you can hear how my hands, which are pushed together in real life, sort of made a farting sound, and I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> and as they push against one another, you can feel your grips harding in into each other's hands, and you're sure that this is going to leave a mark. Let's go again. You ready? I'm ready. 21. Ooh. Five. <laughs> oh, <laughs> five. With a final roar, Gork, you slam Aeson's hand quite literally through the table, which buckles under the immense pressure. Aeson falls to the ground and immediately stands back up, looking angry, looking furious, in fact. And as he points at you, he says, no, no way. You must have cheated. I begin to flex and show off my amazing rolls. <laughs> Let's see what he does. <laughs> Caitlin unconsciously puts three gold in the tip jar. <laughs> <laughs> while, while that's happening, by the way, um, I am slowly kind of gathering Uther and Caitlin uh, off to a... Uh, a more of a distant part of the bar. I want to be able to watch and enjoy what's about to happen. <laughs> but I don't want As them you, to be in, in danger. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> As you watch, Aeson, looking furious, who has turned a deep scarlet, rushes forward and tackles Gork. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gork, it's on! He is attempting to make a grapple. <laughs> It's a contested fuck, fuck, role. Fuck, you get to fuck, choose fuck. athletics or acrobatics, whichever you'd prefer, versus his athletics. I'll take my this athletics. Okay. 23. Nat 20. Oh! <laughs> As he tackles you, you are thrown backward 15 feet and hit the wall of the bar. He manages to force you onto the ground and is trying to pin you in a chokehold. What do you do? I, be I look to stand up and try and throw him into the wall. Okay, we're going to do another contested grappling check to see if you can break it, and then we'll do a check for the throw. Got it? Got it. All right, grappling check first. Still athletics for you. 13. 13, with a mighty elbow right into his solar plexus. Aeson gasps as you break the grapple, and as you bring him about, go ahead and make an attack roll. <laughs> this is the first time in a while, isn't it? <laughs> Nat 20. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. shit. Hey, Marcus, how, how are you doing what? there? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Marcus. <laughs> Marcus, my good friend. Yes. As you're making your way back to the barracks, hoping mm -hmm. to have a good night's rest before exploring the town on the morrow, mm -hmm. you hear a bit of a racket coming from where you know the bar to be. Hoping that maybe your friends and party members are still there, you begin to make your way towards it. The sounds are getting louder. There's cheering, there are jeers, and there's the sound of something heavy hitting the floor. And right when you get there, there's a huge slamming sound, and a body flies through the wall of the bar and lands at your feet. You look down to see a very unconscious Aeson. And look up to see a very angry and very drunk Gork. 
<laughs> and that's where we're going to end the episode. <laughs> I just, oh, what I a just, magical evening! I just need to—I just need to add a little this one last thing here. <sighs> <laughs> no, Dad, don't sigh of disappointment at us. Yay! Sigh of disappointment. Sigh of disappointment. <laughs> Bartholomew, we did it. We did it. You know, that's how you know Yay. it was a good a good campaign when the uh, when the D and D dad is upset. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna do the outro real quick. Cool. Thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Roaring D20s podcast. I hope you are enjoying listening as much as we are enjoying making it. As always, be sure to keep an eye out on social media. On Twitter, we are at RD20s Podcast for updates on episode releases. And if you have a comment, be sure to leave it. We want to hear your feedback. Thanks everyone. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Oh boy. Goodbye. Goodbye. So real quick here at the end of the episode, I want to give a shout out to whoever reviewed over on Apple Podcasts, giving us five out of five stars. Super appreciate that. If you guys would like to leave a review, that would really help us out either on Apple Podcasts or send us a message on like Twitter or Instagram. We also have a Facebook. Any of those, if you want to leave a review, I will read them off next week. Also, another quick plug, the McKeg Creature Compendium is now available on Amazon. So if you want to get a look at some of our monsters, it's available at katelmckeg.com forward slash shop. But it is now also available on Amazon for the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. So if you want to check it out, just search the Complete McKeg Creature Compendium Volume 1 on Amazon. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you in two, in two weeks.